Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show. Man, it's so good to be back and it's so good to be live. It's one of those mornings that I did not take my pre-workout. Instead, I drank a cup of disgusting hot black coffee. And for some odd reason, I have more energy now than I do when I normally take a pre-workout. Therefore, the hypothesis of pre-workouts could be false indeed from a trainer that I had met who trained celebrities. But nonetheless, guys, I do not want to talk about my crazy-ass morning, 6.30 a.m. out here in a country where it is getting crazy, as you've heard in the news. But today, we're going to focus on some money, some Robert Kiyosaki, the phoenix of... I'm sorry, the phoenix. Yeah, let's talk about the phoenix The economy in Phoenix, Arizona around 1990. So, Robert Kiyosaki said he was sitting down on his couch back in the early 1990s, and the economy in Phoenix, Arizona was horrible. And then, of course, a financial uh, planner came on TV, and he was forecasting doom and gloom. You know how the majority of them do. It's kind of like what's happening right now with the news. Coronavirus, coronavirus. How about you just say the flu? The flu, the flu, the flu, because that's all it is. It's a flu. And if you are young enough and you have a good immune system, you wouldn't even be infected. But no, that, you know, that's another conversation for another day. Let's focus on this. Here we go. You know, Robert Kiyosaki's advice was to save money. You know, I've been telling you guys a lot about saving money. But, you know, saving money is also very, very necessary because when you save money, it sets you up for when the opportunity does come. So let me give you an example. If someone in Dubai had, you know, gave me a call and said, hey, we need you to come down here and do this and do this. Uh, and But for whatever reason, they say you have to pay your plane ticket and I'm not able to pay that plane ticket. That opportunity is gone. You see what I mean? So Robert Kiyosaki at the time, he was instructed to put away about 100 every month. And you know what? <laughs> they said in about 40 years, you'll be a multimillionaire. And he said, you know what, you know, putting away money, you know, it sounds like a good idea. It's one option, and it's, the, and it's the option that most people actually subscribe to. But the problem is it blinds the person to what is really going on, right? It causes us to miss those major opportunities for significant growth in their money, their assets, whatever you want to call it. The world is passing them by. See, if, if who was it? There are a number of people. Who invested? I think I've given you guys some, um, what is it? I've talked about it. Uh, oh, on my ESL podcast, there were people who took massive gambles. Well, what is it? Elon Musk was the last one. Um, he invested 10 to 20 million, his last little bit of money, into Tesla, and now it's a billion dollar empire. That was one of the biggest gambles ever. Risk taker is what we call him. And so think about it. If he didn't have that money saved up and he didn't invest, guess what would have happened? There ain't no goddamn rockets going into outer space. No way, no how. So think about it. The economy was terrible at that time. For investors, this is the perfect market condition. You have to understand that. See, with the world economy, it's coming crashing down right now. Obviously because, you know, they're blowing up this flu as a ah pandemic. What? That's one. Number two, once those stocks begin to crash and it goes to nothing or close to nothing, That is the opportunity to invest because you know it must go back up. So let's say it's at, I don't know, let's just say it's at $4,000 and it drops down to uh, $500 for whatever reason. That'd be the biggest catastrophe in mankind. You hurry up and invest. 
because you know it's going to go back up to about three to 4,000. That means you're going to multiply by about 600 to 700. So if you invest 100, you'll get six to 700. I'm just spitting bullets here, but I'm just trying to give you guys an idea. See, a chunk of his money, Robert Kiyosaki's money, was in the stock market and in apartment houses. He was short of cash, though. And see, because people were actually giving their properties away in the early 1990s, he was buying. He wasn't saving. He was investing. So his wife, Kim, had a million dollars in cash working in the market. And it was rising like crazy. Early 1990s. You know, it was the time where my mother's boyfriend, who I considered to be a father figure, Alfred Bernard III. I love that man like I do my next breath, man. That man was a, spec a spectacular human being. He was the man that gave me my, my runoff in, back in 2013. It was good times. It was good times. Trust me, it was good times. But nonetheless, he said he was an electrician in late 1980s, and he was just stacking up money. But he wasn't financially literate. He didn't have a financial IQ. See, he was over here. Okay, he bought a car over here. He did this. He did that. He's like, man, I was making bank working for Nevada Power. And then... I think he ended up going to the military or went to the military before that. And then he said, oh, well, then after that, bleh, he ended up becoming a goddamn security guard. See, if he had known that he could have been invested. Oh, my God. See, guys, they don't tell you about this in school. They just don't. And he passed up on so many small deals. It could have been small deals. Like someone could have went up to him and said, man, you could buy this house for about $10,000. How about that? Man, the fucking house would have been about $300,000 today. Who knows? He could have bought that land. Destroy it. You see what I mean, man? Those opportunities were grand in the beginning. They really were. So, again, houses, I don't know, that were 100000 were about, what, 25% cheaper at the time. So they're about 75000 But instead of shopping with the local real estates, he went shopping with the, bankrupt the bankruptcy attorney's office. Or the courthouse steps. Why? Because he, he bought it for much less. So let me give you an example. In these shopping places, okay, or in those shopping places, a 75000 house could sometimes be bought 20000 less. So he's getting that goddamn house for 45% less. 55 motherfucking thousand whopping dollars, goddammit. Oh, my God. For 2000 for 2000 which he got from a friend. For 90 days, he paid it, obviously, I think he paid, uh, I don't know, shit, $200 for per payment? I don't know how much you actually equate that to. But nonetheless, what, in about 10 weeks or so? Yeah, about 10 weeks, so just short of, what, three months. He paid him off and whatnot, but he also gave an attorney a cashier's check as a down payment. So, while it was being processed, he ran an advertisement for a 75000 house for only 60000 and no money down. So this is when you become financially literate. Instead of going for these bullshit-ass real estate guys, you go for the attorneys because you're looking for, you know, houses that are already up for auction. See, what was that story on Goldcast? There was a black man. He said his black, uh, his mother, oh, my God, was she from Sierra Leone, some African country, immigrant, immigrated to America. And she went, you know, they came to the house, and, of course, she was paying rent. Mortgage was due. They were like, hey, we got to put this house up. She's like, but my shop is here. They, they, of course, these people don't give a fuck, Right. Money is money. Money always speaks over opinion in personal life, in personal matters. So this lady's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, my God, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. She said, all right, fuck it. I'm going to the auction. 
So here goes the bank and her. Two people at the auction. The guy's like, okay, here we go. $100 going on the once, well, going on the twice. You, you know that crazy shit that they do out there in America. When they used to have auctions. They used to have auctions for slaves. But that's another conversation for another day. But anyways, they were like, okay, $1,000. Going, going once, going twice. Okay, $2,000. Okay, $3,000. And the lady kept raising her hand. Didn't know what she was talking about. And, she was, and at the very end, the auction guy was like, so to the lady over there. Boom, she beat out the bank. She's like, oh my God, I just want to auction and I have no money. Over the course of X amount of days, she got that money. She bought the goddamn house. That's how you learn on the motherfucking goat. This is what I'm trying to tell you guys right here. For 75000 he ran that ad. 60000 no money down. So the phone rang, and it started ringing heavy. The prospective buyers, they were being screened, and they were figuring out all the legal matters, right? And they wanted to look at the house. He said it was a feeding frenzy. And in the end, that house sold in just minutes. He said he asked for a 2500 processing fee, which they handed over easily, okay? And then the title of the company, which you always have to get a title for, because, boy, that Les Brown story was heartbreaking when he didn't get the title search. And next thing you know, he made haste, bought a house, boom. Next thing you know, hey, man, there are legal things up against this house. We're taking this shit away. He lost all that money. But nonetheless... He said with that 2500 processing fee, he returned 2000 to his friend. So he has 500 right? With an additional 200 So he only actually has 300 He was happy. The home buyer was happy. The attorney was happy. Everybody was happy. He sold that house for 60000 That cost only 20000 The 40000 was created from money in his asset column. Promissory note from the buyer. Total working time, five motherfucking hours. Guys, I'm telling you, man, that was the story. That is the story. If you guys actually want to read this little by little to make more sense of it, you could go on to my blog. That's all good. That's all dandy. It's going to be coming out probably sometime today, tomorrow. Who knows? But I'm just trying to tell you guys, man, that the opportunity is grand. How he did that, how he mastered that on the go. Instead of go, man, th- these are things that you need to take notes with. If you're living out there in America, I don't know what country you're listening to before. I got my folks out there in Singapore. I think Singapore is a grand market. You really need to get into that because I got my wonderful Singaporeans who've been listening to me out there. Thank you, Allah Singapore. And there are, of course, in other countries who got the Philippines. I know the Philippines got ample opportunity out there. You could say, hey, man, how much is this land? Yeah, this land right over here. Okay, because you see, see the folks out there in Vietnam. See, I just had, oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, big shout out to Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City. Love you guys. I can do my next breath. You guys, last four years, you didn't, you didn't have one name brand hotel out there. Now the Holiday Inn Intercontinental has moved in. See, if you are one of those people owning land in specific hot spots, those people are going to call you and say, hey, how you doing, man? You know what? This is the Holiday Inn. We were wondering if you could actually sell us a piece of this land so we could build a hotel on. You could be like, hey, man, you can give me about $1 billion. Okay, bam! Okay, it's probably not that easy, but I'm trying to give you guys a thing. If you start buying little pieces of land where in places where you think it's going to be developed, man, these people are making bank. These people over here where these condos are going up, man, there's a fucking like four fucking condos like right around my home that are going up. I'm really pissed about it because these trains are going to be even more packed. But nonetheless... Those people who own that land? Oh, shit. Boy, if you get one of these massive developers, Ananda Development, Bruxa, IDO, yeah, bring your ass over here. What you want? Oh, you want a piece of this land. What you gonna do? Oh, you want to build you a condos. Oh, shit. Okay, well, you know what? I'll take about 30 billion baht. That's about $1 billion. Uh, what you think? Take it or leave it. 
Oh, hell no. That's too much. Get your ass up out of here. Ashton! Ashton's the number one. Bring your ass over here. Right, I'll do 2.5 billion. They'll be like, we'll call you back in about a week. Call you back. All right, sold. All right, deal. A lot of people say, oh, man, that's much less, though. That's this, that's that. Motherfucker, it's 2.5 billion. You know how much money you're going to make from that goddamn condo per month and the units that are going to be sold? You're going to give me that goddamn 2.5 billion. Guys, I'm just trying to tell you how the world works, and this is why you need to become financially literate. So with that being said, guys, we got so much more to be getting back into. Lots of actionable steps, but you need to start doing your research in your local area. I'm your host, as always. Happy Sunday, people. Over and out.